three, two, one. Welcome to From the Valley Podcast with your host, Tim Wilshere. Welcome along, everybody. It's Thursday, the 13th of June, 2019, episode 52 of From the Valley Podcast. Your host, Tim Wilshere, with a guest uh, I've wanted had on the podcast for quite some time. Um, she's finally here. Christina Georges, welcome along. Good afternoon, Tim. Yes. Good afternoon. So Christina uh, has a very interesting story to tell, I'm sure. Um, I'll be interested to see how how we go with the uh, podcast today and uh, what sort of uh, what we actually cover. But um, I guess how we sort of start off the, a lot of these podcasts, Christina, is, I guess, early life. So tell us about, tell the listeners a bit about where you uh, were born, where you grew up, what, what was family life like when you were young? So I was brought up in a family, my mother's Aussie and my dad's Greek. So we've been brought up very much uh, a very disciplined Greek um, atmosphere. We lived with our grandparents because um, mum and dad struggled in early life. And we lived on Racecourse Road um, just across from the library. And now there's some units there. We lived with our grandparents for uh, until they passed away, and there's six of us. My, I've got six. An, uh, you and siblings. Siblings, yeah. Siblings, yeah. So there's an older sister, Ellen, uh, older brother, Nick, myself. There's twins underneath me, Maria and Tula. Yeah. They're very loud and yeah, go getters. And then a younger brother, Peter. So there's six of us, um, and we're very very close. Yeah. So. Mum and Dad have done really well with raising yeah. us. I guess what are some of your early memories of uh, what Mum and Dad sort of got up to, uh, you know, obviously to make ends meet back in those early days? Um, Dad actually worked at, it was called Shirley's Fertiliser at Pinkenbar. So um, he was very close by. And my, my grandfather used to work for the um, uh, Butterboard. So... They were always close by, and um, Dad tried really hard. And then one day, he had a he had a dream of opening up a seafood store, which everybody thought he was crazy. Yeah, whereabouts he where he was. So he started off also doing Paddy's Market, um, a little van, and we all on the weekend we'd we'd be you know selling. We were only thirteen. My sisters were eleven, and we were selling out of a little van at Paddy's Market. Mm. And seafood at the time? Yeah, so yeah seafood, yeah. Um, obviously different types, fish, prawns, all that, everything back then. Yeah, yeah. and Dad had something. When when he started, he also had a boat and he would go out to the um, um, out to the trawlers and unload, you know, mm. and that's, that's actually quite risky. But he did that because he wanted the customers to have the best. Yeah, yeah. fresh. Yeah. yeah. So that's how it all sort of started out. And then I guess, um, I mean, the the name sort of, you know, Sam Seafood is, is sort of got a long history uh, with Brisbane. Um, where did When did the name sort of first become, you know, a trading name, I guess? When did it sort of first so, feature? Yeah, so Dad's name's actually Spiro. So when yeah. he came to Australia, everybody would call him Sam. Yes. So that's why he, he called it Sam Seafood after himself. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, so I think it's done 1984. Yeah. 1984, okay. Yeah. They also traded at Toomble for a, just a short few 
few months and um, due to the electricity, there was a massive... Um, At the shopping centre? Yeah, or? the shopping centre, yeah. yeah. So there was a little problem there and he wanted to do something a little bit different, yeah. Because mm, yeah. the location on Hercules Street, it's sort of been... There's some sort of uh, Sam trading back, you know, quite some time ago, isn't there? It sort of goes back. Yeah, and that was actually called the Amagraze Building before we were there. And the owner used to be, um, his name was Mr. Booker. So yep. he, he was our landlord. Um, there was also a, a oyster place on the corner called Frank and Sam's, mm-hmm. which was totally different. And then there was us. Mm. And then we had, um, there was... After the business grew, we got to purchase the property. Yeah, uh, after some time. So, yeah, no, but business grew. So the early days, what was – can you remember if, if it was fairly busy back in, in those times in the late oh, 80s, yeah. early 90s? Oh, yes, it, and um, it was very busy. We also used to do Qantas, so all the family used to get in there and and peel prawns and, you know, process with um, – So for the Qantas sort of uh, flight meals and stuff like yes, that? Yes, yeah. Involved, so yeah. Yeah, so we're talking probably what, 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. easily. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah wow. So, um, and you've always had sort of attachment to that and you've always sort of had an attachment to the seafood industry yourself. Um, what I guess as a young sort of teenager, uh, sort of working with, you know, side by side with your dad and the family, um, where did you see the dream at that stage? Did you see that? Did you sort of foresee that what was going to happen down the track as far as everything uh, was concerned, you know, building this seafood business? Is that what you sort of saw back in those days? I think it was more that we're all family and yep. we just stick together yep. and um, you, you just do your best. You yep. And you work seven days a week, you know, back those days, seven days. Everybody works seven days now, some, you know, yep. but back those days and you for little mon- little money. So, mm. yeah. But you're you're more you're very passionate about doing it, yeah. Mm. Excellent. So what, and what any sort of other extracurricular activities you get up to as a teenager? Like, was there any particular, uh, I guess, hobby, sport uh, apart from you know away from work? No, no. I was probably a very quiet person. Go out, have a drink, and that. But um, I'd actually used to see an elderly lady and that was my you know um pastime actually yeah okay giving giving to someone who had family not her own but nieces and nephews who w- mm. weren't there for her so that's that was actually my pastime yep. making sure that you know she was okay yeah yeah no it's excellent mm. no i mean I've, I've known you for more than probably more than 15 years now christina so mm. we, we're certainly I know you a lot of your story, and not probably don't know every detail or half the details, but uh, it's certainly been a privilege. Yeah, the last fifteen years, it's certainly been a privilege having you uh, as a you know, a, I guess as a client and you know, very close friend as well. So um, I always sort of value that, and it's, it's and it's something that um, uh, you know, it's, it's inspired me in, in aspects of my mm. in aspects of my own life. Um, so that we obviously sort of got a, a bit about how sort of Sammy's, um, I guess, started out, how it, be, how it was sort of, uh, uh, it was always sort of based in Hamilton a lot of the time. Um, obviously, you had the <coughs> Paddy's thing. And and then there was seven partners. So there was, there was my mum, my dad, my eldest brother, his 
um, wife at the time, my eldest sister and her husband and myself. So there was actually, yeah, about seven. seven there were seven partners and at the. Where was that? Sort of in the ni- mid nineties or. Yeah, so that's probably going into the nineties. Yeah. yeah, until um, two thousand, mm-hmm. and that's when everything kind of um, broken up. Yeah, so who who sold out and. Because at some stage it was obviously publicly listed company, became a publicly listed company. Yeah, I think that was in 2000, 2001. Around 2000, yeah. yeah so it became publicly listed. Yeah. Uh, it was obviously growing uh, rapidly. There was the um, there was an operation that was sort of in Redcliffe. Uh, or the Sutton's Beach. Sutton's yeah, Beach, you had Sutton's Beach. Part yeah. of Redcliffe. Yeah. Uh, which was sort of more of a restaurant or type, what was that type of business there that was a... Yeah, so they had a more of a cafe ice cream, um, a convention centre that was built. Yeah. Convention, okay. Yeah. Excellent. And then um, I guess, and then after obviously a period of time, we sort of sort of met, you know, four years after that. Uh, and there was an opportunity, I guess, to, to start your own dream in a way. Tell us about that. Yeah. So um, I was a fourth major shareholder, um, didn't quite know what was going on. I had four children and at the time my um, the youngest one was only uh, two years old um, yep. and I had to, but there was some, t- yeah, two two old, yeah. Wow. so, and the eldest was um seven years old yeah Yeah. so I had four under five so I was quite busy um so it was in 2004 I came back into the shop before um Sam's the collapse and um because I just felt that because of my um if I don't see something right with the quality of the food um and I you know we always wanted our customers have the best so basically i came in and um just made gesture and and worked part-time as a manager um and then became the full manager of the which i called the the mothership which was at hercules street so i was there um for about a year then it was in 2005 i think it was april there was problems and in May, that's when the receivership came in, the administrators. Um, it wasn't. It was in basically two parts. So you had the yep. shares, plus you had the um, the business. So mm. yeah, and a lot of people think, oh, why did she get it? And that um, I worked under receivers for five months. Yep. And um, there's many little stories that we could tell, but yep. we probably shouldn't tell. Okay. Um, and. The thing is, when you're so passionate about a business and you love it and you will fight for anything for your family um, and, you know, you want to have respect, you, you, you're you basically going to do your best, aren't you? You're you not, are. Yeah, you're yeah. going to do your best. Yeah. So um, just by gut inst- instinct, as you know, I'm a bit intuitive. and Definitely. And um, I just felt something was incorrect with what was happening at the shop at that time. So uh, it was then when I addressed it to the receivers um, and showed something on tape, which was tape recorded, um, visually. So, and after it being, then we were approached to buy the um, business. 
So yeah, so we bought the business mm. um, just before Christmas. So and without having stock. So the people that um, trusted my husband and myself knew that we would, you know, be good, be good for it. Yeah. Yeah, obviously the experience in the seafood industry was a very good, I mean, it was a good opportunity, a good fit. Yeah. And um, that's where that's where that uh, Sammy's Gill yep. uh, dream started and began. That's right. And way. but we but we I I had that dream before. I knew that if I if it wasn't going to buy that business, we were going to start somewhere else. We okay. Yeah. So we had the name before. Yeah, before December. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that was a great name. I remember, you know, obviously a great logo at the time. The, even the first yes. drafts, really, really, really good. Uh, very, very creative as well. And you've always had a bit of a, a visionary aspect to the way you do things. You always see a bit of a vision as opposed to. I like uh, to do uh, something uh, different as op- well. Uh, you know, rather than sort of um, a lot of a lot of uh, business owners get bogged down in operational stuff. You're sort of a bit more of a visionary than most. Um, so you're able to see. And, and carry out and and and, and uh, you know over the course of that, yep. that 15 years that that uh, that uh, obviously followed that you know obviously we saw what you know the vision sort of coming to life and then you know taking it taking advantage where you could of different opportunities but um, so that were the early days um, I guess did you find we you, you sort of to me, you always seemed fairly ready for the challenge. You always seemed like you you weren't daunted by being a business owner, just yourself and the fa- and your immediate family. Yeah. Um, didn't seem daunted by that. Um, I guess what what do you think? Uh, what do you think sort of led to that? What what do you think sort of made it so that you you, you sort of hit the ground running, and uh, and sort of was able to show that sort of confidence. Um. I don't know about confidence, but I think when you're passionate mm. and you are driven that you want to show show people uh, a difference um, that we weren't – I would have people coming into the shop going, talking about my brother, um, yep. not – and saying, I hope he goes to jail and, and all that – which was um, very upsetting for me because they didn't know the whole story mm. and in the paper would write, um, fabricate things that weren't real. So that actually made me um, empower myself to show that wasn't, that wasn't real. So, yeah. And I think it's the Greek we brought up this, we're very strong, you know, and um, we just want to power on, yeah. Yeah, definitely mm. power on. Uh, obviously always had a fairly close-knit, um, your own family and then you, now your immediate family always fairly close-knit and always were there working in the store at a young age. Yes, we've um, all participated. All participated there. Um, you know, th- three Greek daughters and, and a young Greek son. Um, you know, gr- great family and obviously the backbone of, of the family as well who's who's there getting out of bed in, you know, in the morning, you know, doing what he does with the fish, getting it all ready, going to the suppliers and that. I mean, having someone like your husband by your side, I mean, that yep. that's certainly been a big difference, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Harry's, um, he just wants, he's, he's, when they say, oh, you marry your father, I think I couldn't, Harry's just got this exactly dad's traits. Yeah. Mm. Just wants to make sure that everybody was getting the best of everything, yeah, mm. of the seafood and, yep. yeah. Yeah. 
and try so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of the nicest persons that I've ever met in ever. He's just always comes across as. I don't think there's. I just he's one of those people. There's rare. You just don't. How could you say a bad word about that? About um, Harry, he's just you, you can't. No. <laughs> you can't really say. Um, but one thing I guess, uh, and obviously you can take the conversation. This is your podcast, so you can take it wherever you like. Um, but one thing that sort of stuck out uh, in the first, even the first five years of, of, of knowing you, is your charitable nature. Um, you always come across to me that there's different causes that you like to support. I remember 11 or 12 years ago when we ran the first ever Albany Creek Apex Club golf days. You were there to support with, you know, mm. putting a, a team in with Sammy's girl and. I remember that, that. Can you remember those days, those first yes. golf days, and, yes. and uh, playing the golf and supporting the causes and and uh, being involved in those uh, auction bidding and <laughs> yes, yeah, I love a good quite, auction. It was quite uh, <laughs> quite fascinating, but um, you know, you've always then from then you, there's always sort of been that charitable um, thing about you know you obviously wanting to to, to give to the the charities that mean most to you, uh, and there's certainly been. A few, quite a few over the years that you've been involved in, uh, quite a few good causes, a few good events, lots of um, fundraising that you've assisted. You, you that Sammy's girl yep. has has, um, has donated, and, and also you know you put in your own hard work as well. Uh, what are the things that stick out the most? Uh, you know, over those sort of the, over that time and and going forward. Um, I still remember like the floods. You know, two thousand and eleven, yes. and we had the floods. Yeah. And, you know, we're all concerned, well, they're going to, you know, the electricity is going to turn off. So, you know, and we also, we knew that at the RNA showgrounds, everybody's going to go there for shelter. You know, some people are going to go for shelter. So what we did is we got food and we took it in the, you know, in the truck and just took it there. We were the first ones there. So I remember in the floods, you know, it, it's just what you... You should give. So, you know, it's like my motto was always um, if I take from the sea, I've got to give back. So that's why we did, you know, um, satellite tagging with the turtles and that. So it's it's really important always to give um, and you shall receive. That's that's just, mm. yeah, how, it, how, how I've been brought up. Mm. Mm. But um, 2011, um, we've done many things and I've done it with my old bank manager Andrew um, even yep. did the homeless cooking at Ipswich you know and we've had fun I think I bring out a lot of good in other people to to do charity you know but it's good to be involved to know where it's going because um, there's a lot of charities out there that CEOs bring in a lot of money so and that is for themselves and I, I think that yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of one, yeah, as you know, sort of being in the service organisation space for for um, as longer as I've known you, and um, it, it's always one of those. It's a bit of a bugbear when you, I guess, the big charities have have to sort of fund a lot of salaries, have to fund. Yes. Uh, and it takes away from what you're donating to, to get to the you know to the root of where they needs to go. Um, so it's it it exists, um, but obviously you like to we sort of. Where possible, you know, where there's some good yes. um, charities that um, uh, don't have uh, much of an overhead, it's just a, a matter of getting it to the to, to the you know where it's going to go. Mm. Then they're the types of charities that uh, 
as long as there's a, there's a good message there, um, that's that's the type of charities we like to uh, assist. I mean, I remember that uh, girl, that Keely girl uh, from from Golden Octopus. Yes. I mean, amazing lady. Yes. And still tripping strong now, and she's it's great. It's, it's inspirational to see her, the difference that she's made to to her to her people. Yes. As well. Yeah. So, out of um, something that happens in your life and mm. you just making it something really good happen out of it. Mm. Yeah, Keely Johnson is is um, amazing, yes. Mm, mm. Definitely. So, but also uh, you've always been, you've always been fairly passionate about making sure that nature is looked after as well, uh, environmentally as well. Yes, um, in, we started with the an environmental bag, you know, um, program for our customers from day one, they brought a bag in, they get a stamp on their 10th visit, they get 5% off. On their 20th visit, they get 10% off. And it just encourages people. And we've been doing that from when we started, 2005, so when we started. So it's old school while everybody's now with the plastic bags, but they're still not educating people enough mm. to – because we forget our bags. But if you give an award yes. system – it's going to change a little bit different, yeah. Mm. So it's going to change your mindset because everybody wants to save, you know, save something in mm. monetary. When it comes to plastic bags in particular, yeah, I think the mindset does need to somehow change. It's very, it's just so easy and so ingrained and trained into us that we just leave home without a, a, a bag. We just we go to the shops. We end up, well, where's my bag? It's you know, it should be in the car. Now we've got to buy another plastic bag or go home. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a bit of a cycle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And um, I think if if you want to, if you have a business and you have an idea, it's always good to share that idea with other people as well. If you if so, I actually shared that with um, Brad, the Woolworths, the CEO. So you know, I wrote an email because I was quite concerned when everybody started with the bags and to talk about, and he responded. So I felt mm. good that I actually you know, said they should use a reward program. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, okay. So I guess um, what, are, what are some of the, th- um, I guess, the things that you've sort of learnt in business, you know, over over that 15-year uh, period that we've known one another? I guess what are the things, any lessons that you've sort of learnt that you, that sort of resonate? And what are the, I guess, the biggest things you've learnt in, during this fi- last 15 years, for example? What I've learnt um, is trust. Trust is a big thing in business. Um, making sure you've got people that are supporting you around you, your staff, you know, they're on the same page as you. Um, and I met you as my accountant, um, Tim, and, you know, it that's empowered me. You know, I met you before I even, when I... Before the Sammy's girl, so mm, yeah, having things, things, having things, having a healthy checklist is in business is is big. Um, making sure that your business is structured right and keeping keeping an eye on everything as well. Don't keep your eye off the ball. Mm. Yeah. So for me, it's not keeping keeping my always engaging with the staff as well mm. that was that was a big thing for me mm. I, yeah. like, I mean you'd certainly looked after the staff there were many times where you'd do a state of origin party um at gold class things yep. like that they were, they were fantastic I, I was glad to to come along and and uh, enjoy those yep. 
those nights they'll just they just you know fantastic but going that extra mile for the staff you know those sort of things parties that you would uh, be involved in with yep. with Sammy's in particular is a good promotional way yep. for the staff to and their friends and, and families and 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 you know customers as well so um, I remember the the, the re-grand opening um, that was a you know a very a very great event um, so there's plenty of events over the last 15 years it'd be probably too many for us to talk about <laughs> today but you know you certainly like to celebrate um, celebrate not so much success but also it's good to celebrate success anyway but celebrate you know just being there and, and being able to say look we're living life we're enjoying it we're, we're here to have a good time yeah well living the moments as well yeah because um, business is hard mm. and every time you have something that's rewarding coming along you should you know engage your staff Mm. Um, in 2011, we won the so, uh, Social yeah. Responsibility um, Award for the Telstra for Queensland. Telstra, yeah. yeah, and I took we had I took all my staff with me, so we had three tables full because that was uh, significant to me because that we're you know we're a team, yeah. So that was that's how I celebrate. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely. Yep. Definitely the way to do it, and um, that is for sure. So, I mean, it's, it's it's always busy being a business owner. It's not. It's sort. Of, it's you can't always get away for a, a long period of time from you know, obviously from things. Uh, but you've sort of travelled the world a little bit. I mean, what are the <laughs> sort of I guess the, the the most interesting places that you've been to, um, and where you really enjoy going for say a holiday or just for somewhere to, to have a look and. And uh, do a bit of uh, watching, people watching, or people watching, or environment. Uh, yeah, environment. I've, yeah. Um, I really love Hong Kong, as you know. I've okay. been there a few times. Yeah. Um, What's it about Hong Kong? I guess. Uh, I just love the Asian atmosphere. I just yep. love it. Yeah, I just love the. Um, there's so many people, and they just seem to flow. You know, even in China, everything just flows. While in Australia, we tend to, we don't flow as well. Do you know what I mean? Where they just seem to know, you know, you go in the subway and they just seem to, there's no problems. It mm. just goes with the, yeah, just seems simple. Yeah. It's a different different type of ego, isn't it? I guess, yeah. Asia. It's yeah. completely different. Um, it's more of a bitch and moan wine sort of culture from time to time that you get here in Australia. And it's completely different over in Asia when it comes to the mentality that they have. Yeah, and I just, I just think it's great because I've, I've just, my first time in in Hong Kong in the subway, the octopus, and I just basically stood there and people just going around you, and it's just mm. a, just engulf that in mm. and and feel it. Mm. Yeah. And you've been to Greece, haven't you? Tell us a bit. Of, did you? Yeah. So. Um, Bench Greece, as you know, my dad comes from the island of Athaki, which is the island of Ul- Ulysses and Penelope. So, yeah, it's very special over there. Um, and Harry's Kithira, so we've been to Kith- I've been to Kithra, and hopefully next year we're going to go. Yeah, yeah, so they're both beautiful islands. Yeah. What, what year did your dad migrate out to Australia? Um, I think it was the. In the 40s, late 40s. Okay. Yeah. Would have been a young kid? Yeah, he was a child, yeah. Yeah. Most of them were. Yeah. Mm. Okay. 
Excellent. So um, it, Greece and, and obviously Hong Kong, Asia, some, some great destinations around there. Um, I, what do you... Um, what sort of music do you into these days? I know you like the Veronicas, don't you? Or? Yes, I do. Um, and I Madonna fan, of course. Big Mon- yeah, big Madonna, Madonna fan. fan. Yeah, big Madonna fan. So yeah, and I just like listening to hip hop and yeah, and okay. probably about yeah. But I do like jazz as well. So you got, you, there's, a, I guess, there's a bit of a palette of different Variety. genres that you, you sort of like. So jazz, some hip hop. Sort of American hip hop or Australian hip hop or mm, bit of both, yeah, yeah. whatever, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. And so, with, with your, um, well, I guess, what it, what are your siblings up to these days? Are they sort of got their own in, in businesses themselves, or what are they sort of up to? Um, my sisters, um, Maria and Tula, they have a cafe at Labra- Labrador and also the, they've opened one at Manly mm. West called Freaks. Okay. Yeah. So they're very um, high on social media. Okay. Um, they're twins, so they work really well together. Um, high energy, um, good food. They, um, yeah, they're very, um, very out there girls. Yeah. Mm, so shout so, out to Marie and Tula. Yeah. So um yeah, they're great um, sisters. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Been very. I felt I, we actually look like triplets. So some people <laughs> look at me and um, they go, "Where's my cuddle?" And I said, "I don't cuddle." So yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. And then right. I have, and then I have uh, my sister Ellen and her husband Brett. They've got um, a few news agencies over at Indrapilly mm. and they've got uh, gift stores mm. so yeah and Excellent. Ellen yeah they Ellen's very passionate with the gifts so mm. yeah yeah good stuff so with the children at the moment uh, they're all sort of getting to that adult age aren't they they're all um, yeah so yeah Mar- university and working and uh, adults and uh, boyfriends and yeah we have uh, all the boyfriends live with us as well so yeah Marie's and uh, electric engineer. She's um, works at the airport. That's Maria. Maria, the yep. eldest one. Yeah. Yana's um, doing biomedicine, mm. so she part time works at the um, hospital. Mm. And Tula's just about to finish her marketing and business. Mm. So yeah, and Peter's doing what boys do: gaming. Mm. So <laughs> gaming. That's like playing video games and. It's a, in a professional you can do it you can do it professionally for uni yeah okay so you can actually sort of do like a subject at uni now with professional mm. gaming you couldn't, couldn't do that when I was a kid no it's a, it's a... it wouldn't surprise me though mm. <laughs> with the way things are these days um, I mean did, did technology did that sort of play much of a role in in the way the, your business sort of developed over the years was it um, what sort of technology yeah. did you use? Technology, um, well, over the years, the the, the system of the uh, till, you know, yeah. it's changed. So you can actually see, you can actually yeah. go online, which yeah. is great. So yeah. you mm-hmm. know what you're making as well, the profit. And 10 years ago, that wasn't really around, was it? it was no. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, it was more of a cash society back then. A, yeah, so now a, it was about... Z, Z totals and... Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but... But now, you know, um, not everybody's using cash, so it's more of an yep. FPOS, yeah, mm. which would, when I was in, it was about 80%. Mm. So, yeah, the technology's 
getting better. And I think that we're all tending to go to online components, so buying online. So, and things like Uber Eats have taken it. Tell us about your take on something like Uber Eats and delivery. And well, are we getting? A, are we a lazier society? I, what, what do you think is going? No, on? no, we're lazy. I'll say, yeah, I'm lazy. And if you think, oh, I'm not going to cook, we're, we're becoming. We don't want to cook anymore. Yeah, we're not more traditional, so we'll just get Uber Eats. Um, and that. That cafe or the restaurants that's making that, they're actually losing their 30, 35%. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realise, plus their 10% that've got to pay for the GST component. Exactly. So a lot of people don't understand. So that $20 meal actually be $10 they might get back at the end of the day, not even that. So um, it's it's getting tougher for um, restaurant people at the moment. So, But obviously Uber's, you know, they're making so much money. Yeah, great idea. But... It's not good for cafes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those that idea is going to stick for for a while. I mean, it's one of those things. Will it go out of fashion at some point and say, "Well, people will be jack of that"? I mean, it, it's just hard to know. Or what? Or what's next after that? Because I mean, I I've never really used. I've never really used. To, to be honest, I've never really used Uber Eats mm. uh, because you know I just find if if, I, if there's a place I want to go to, it's not very far away. I just walk or drive and pick up the food and come home yep. but most of the time it's helps home prepared but when it's not when you when it when you you know you just go out pick it up come back it's easier than worrying about it, trying to arrive and yep. you know trying to pay extra for something or you know i don't mm. know it just seems yeah it's I mean, it's just i mean all pizza delivery has always been around it's been around for forever and a day so it's really an extension of you know pizza delivery service yep. but now you can order whatever foods on the menu you know mm. could be anything from anywhere and this place has to support it and this place has to support it. and if you don't support it you know you might miss out on a sale yeah or something like that so it's, it's quite interesting but yeah um yeah so i guess uh, what what do, what do you you've obviously had some competitors over the years and you've seen and some other stuff that's sort of um what i mean sammy's has always been was always about quality i mean it was all about always about quality seafood that was the impression that was reality um and tell us a bit about i guess how you sort of stayed fairly fairly high up on the agenda when it came to Christmas time. There'd always be queues, you know, around the block. You'd make a, you know, that's that's where a lot of the, the profit was made for the year. Yeah. Um, I'm very competitive, you know that. Yeah. Um, I thrive for Christmas time um, due to our competitors um, very close by. And um, the last couple of years we did an online component for delivery service, Around which time, yeah, yeah, Christmas time, because we knew due to selling the business, um, it would have been a bit harder because the infrastructure around um, Hamilton now is not what it was ten years ago. Because um, the upgrade of the roads with the Kingsmith Drive, Hercules Street, Remora, so the online component um, basically was probably just a on our two-day average was probably a seventh of the monetary which was yeah but it was also we had the security guards um for the parking at the back those last couple of years um and just making sure we had we always have the best quality and the staff every year we'd have staff that had been with us for 15 years so they would come 
friends, family would come every year because they just love the hype. They love that adrenaline. It's like an adrenaline, yeah. But, um, yeah. And it always sort of, you know, it's always, uh, and, and the, I guess the thing about uh, going back to those times and days is it was always always your birthday on, you know, around Christmas as well. So it was a case of you had to, you, you didn't always always get, you know, you, here's your birthday, you, you're open for 48 hours straight, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I loved it. Yeah. yeah. And I realised that I, I couldn't, ha- I was the luckiest person to have all my family, my friend, friends around me on my birthday so yeah I looked at it totally different than some other people like to have a day off on their birthday don't they so yeah but I, I um, you'd always roll your sleeves up get in yep, there yep. and uh, sit on the cash register <laughs> and uh, process a lot of uh, sales yeah and uh, you know and the, the lines would just go around the corner and mm. that's how it was from about you know three in the morning or whatever it was and until yeah so um, do you sort of, I guess, do you, do you miss that at all? Um, I do. It's, um, if people didn't know, um, 2000 and, what was it, 17? In October, we sold the business. Um, it was always a plan to move the business, um, an exit plan. A lot of people yep. think it differently, but... When we were at the, our old shop and due to the infrastructure of the roads and everything, we moved the business. We thought from one corner to the other, it was a good opportunity um, that we'd move it. Then I decided, you know, we're going to sell it. And I still remember Dad when we first moved into the, the new premises at Remora Road. Dad goes, oh, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be a gold mine, you know, even better you know and I said dad I'm going to sell it I'm sorry dad I'm going to sell it so yeah because I wanted I wanted that we have more of a family life that we're not working seven days a week um not to have the stresses because we've been doing it for so long and I want Mm. that my mum and dad you know because you know I'm all about the other the other type of life now um I just want them to be proud you know, when they pass away, that everything's done and dusted, you know. Mm. Yeah, so it's all done, you know, like a family unit. Mm. Um, so uh, we worked with, um, uh, sold to Chinese investors. We sold in October that 2017 and I worked till probably May, June, the next year. And I just, yeah, yeah, I just felt it's time for me to to leave and then Harry to leave. And yeah, so we can have more of a family life because I missed out on those years with my my kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but I do miss it. Mm. Yeah, I I miss the, it's probably the, it feels like as if you're on a Ferris wheel going really fast and you've just jumped off it. And you don't know what to do, so you're you're a bit confused. You're, you know, it's like yeah. it's off the adrenaline, yeah. So, but um, yeah, and I just want to try and recreate something that I'm passionate about now. So, mm. yeah. So I mean, you obviously you've and, and the reason you know that was in you know very successful, uh, fifteen years of trading with with Sammy's. Uh, your I mean your vision, your creativity. Uh, I mean your 
basically, um, I guess, smarts, which was street smarts and, and smarts generally, to be able to say, okay, well, let's move the location. Let's be able to sell the business in a, in a separate location with a, you know, with a, well, I think it was a long-term lease, let's say. Yes. And um, have it there. It's, it's there. It's, it's, it's basically there with a lease. We, we spent, you know, lots of money on the fit-out uh, to get it nice and spick and span for yep. the new owner of the business. Uh, you know, we spared, you know, no expense to make sure it was done properly. Uh, and then basically, you know, obviously having the investor come in, recouping all your money that you'd sort of invested at that point in time. And and uh, that's, that was that chapter, yeah. you know, in a way that you sort of, you'd, you'd done it. And uh, yeah, so tell us about the next chapter. What's next? So basically, as you know, I'm very, um, I had a friend that passed away six years ago who was very close to me and also worked with me. And Jean, Jean, Jan, Jan. Jan. So Sorry, from yeah. from there, I noticed some um, family not coping when the passing of her, and I just seemed to. And I've over the years, I, I really realised that I actually have um, a nature that I'm very calming when it comes to someone passing. Mm. So um, yeah, I'd like to get into the funeral industry which I have had interviews and um, unsuccessfully got in. And I, due to probably that I haven't been in the game for, you know, and I'm not born into it. So you, I mean, you've got, it sounds like you probably have, knowing you that I do, I think you're, you've got the vision to be, able to, to be able to create something of your own in, in this space, yeah? Yes, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So basically, um, I I think I've just got a fresh new eyes. I can see that when people are at a moment in their life, someone passes away. Um, I feel that um, sometimes you're vulnerable to pay amounts of money that you don't need to. So I, I see something totally different, which I think that people should. Um, have the rights to know that they don't need to buy this specific like coffin you know for this amount of money they can buy it for this amount and and you know um while someone's grieving Mm. yeah i just i just want to help people in in vulnerable time Mm. that, that makes sense what do you think um i'm just gonna ask you a few random questions um, just to kick, kick along a bit the conversation a bit, what do you think is um, the best investment that you've made that's cost you less than say a hundred dollars? Oh my god! <laughs> the best investment. What do you think's the best in or the best sort of investment to you that you you've spent a hundred dollars and said, well, that's just priceless. You know what I've spent here and and that what that's given me. Hmm. It's given you. Like, there's well, something that comes to mind where you said oh, you, you went out and bought something or invested in something and that's turned into like gold, I guess. Or I'm very sentimental on things. Yeah. So for me, it could be very minute, something that's that sits there um, and um, that I 
that I can look at which will actually empower me. So I'm very much into crystals. So yeah, okay. yeah. So I'm going to go with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And is there any particular, I guess, um, do, you, do you consider yourself a person of, that's of a, you know, I guess, what, what do you, what bad habit, I guess, that would you have um, that has always been, you know, it's, it's one of the hardest things to shake, but it's always, that, but it's always sort of connected to you. I mean, is there anything that you do as a habit or something that you... I can, well, uh, okay, so my habit is I can walk into someone's business yep. and I can see all the flaws. Okay. I actually have a problem with, um, and I feel that that's probably why I can't work for anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually can walk into someone's, I can find something, yeah. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad habit. That's just, that's just obviously who you oh, are. Oh, I'm an agitator. No, yeah. that would agitate yeah. someone. Yeah, it certainly would agitate someone and, and, and obviously... You, um, you know, you you're obviously you always speak your mind. So if your mind's there, you will speak it, and you won't sort of if if it needs to be said, you're always going to say it, aren't you? Yes, I've done that with politicians. Yes, yeah. over the over the years, and I've written um, many to our uh, different Lord Mayors, um, poli- a lot of politicians about the roads and that. So yeah, I do speak my mind. Yes. Yeah. As far as politicians are concerned, is there any particular politician that you've met that you've sort of uh, said, look, I really respect that politician, I really, <laughs> you know, or was it, this, there's no one that really comes to mind as far as a politician? No. Okay. Sorry. No. Sorry, I've met, I've even met Pauline Hanson last year. So yeah. I asked the question because um, down at Wynnum and... Uh, I like to ask questions to different politicians, LNP, Labor, whoever it is. Um, I've met Bob Catter. There's, mm. there's over the years I've met heaps. Um, but my concern is, and this is what I asked, is about food security for Australia. Mm. So there should be quotas. Um, we're not we're not thinking of Australia. We're, we're like, well, I just sold my business to Chinese investor, you know. Yep. But yeah. So, but the thing is, and that was the question to her. So, um, should we have quotas going out of of Australia? So, because all the investors are buying, hmm. so they're buying for a reason. They're not. It's not for. Hmm. Yeah. So, so, so talking about that habit thing, sort of, is there any sort of rituals that you sort of that are that are like a, a bit of a habit? I guess anything that sort of that you make sure you do every morning as well. Like, is there something that like a routine that you always do or do you do something different from one day to the next no 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 i'm i'm random no fairly random yeah yeah random no no i'm not ocd that's that's a good that's a good answer though at least that's that's a good answer um i guess what are the you've been fairly vocal i guess to me over the years as to things that you don't like uh, when it comes to different industries um one one industry that certainly i guess does always need to, in in my opinion, needs to be rung in a bit, and uh, you probably agree with me a bit. Is is um, you know the selling of real estate? Uh, <laughs> yes, I have my I have my real estate license. Yes, and that was another thing that I'd um, I'd like to do. So yeah, I just want to. Um, but there's a lot of dishonesty there, isn't there? There's like there's, it's always about to do the you know it's all about trying to get the sale no matter what in some cases or. Yes, yeah, because um, I had an 
a bad incident a few years ago, as you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and when it's when you're buying something and it's saying it's got views, you know, and then it's really doesn't have views, it's going to be developed in front, and you wouldn't have found it in the um, strata title. You wouldn't have found anything of it. So the body corp. So for me, yes, I have a problem with um, real estate agents not being truthful. Yep. Yes. Yeah, because they're trying to make a, a dollar. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so fair enough. Um, I guess any any other sort of stories or that anything else that you'd like to sort of share as far as stories brought while I think of something there? Um, I just think in business, you know, you just got to try hard, believe mm. in yourself. Yeah. Because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. Um, and it's just like us with the story with when we bought the business. We also fought for two years to three years um, with lawyers against a bank who put a caveat on the business. So we could okay. have lost the business. So, yeah. So they were worrying times in a way. Yeah, they were worrying times, but I felt that I actually thrived in it. Mm. Um, I couldn't be a mother anymore. I had mm. to be someone else that was just burning, you know, t- to to do the best for her family. Mm. Yeah, so nothing was held, you know, given on a platter. It was um, hard work, Me- hard mentally. Work. Yes. Yeah, but the seven, you know, seven days a week. It, it, that certainly gets. You know, I can see after so many years that gets uh, very, very sort of the, cumbersome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. But when you have some really nice customers and they yeah. come, you know, the stories, you mm. know, and they're they're like your family. Mm. So, and that was the best thing. Um, I I miss those special customers mm. yeah but what I did also like about that Christmas time of the year, you mentioned you know it's it's an adrenaline rush it's it's busy um, but there was also and we'd, we'd love to help out where we could um, we'd cook some you know some stuff on the on a barbecue yes. out the front just to smelling of salmon or prawns or whatever it was that was just that was great and then and then you have the media there because the media what I like about um, there's one thing I guess to like about the Brisbane media is that they they used to cover you know Sammy's girl quite well yep. uh, back in the day and it was always great and you'd look forward to you know some some people interviewing Harry yeah Harry Harry loved to be he, interviewed. he loved it yep. he loved to be interviewed um, it, it was it was great that the media had such an an interest in that time of the year mm. uh, in your business I mean yep. it just just made. It made sort of a sense of a bit more. You're obviously achieving really good things, but just a another tick in the box saying, "Yeah, you know, yep. this is." Um, and it, it's, it's let's talk a bit about Brisbane itself. You've, you've lived in Brisbane all your life. Yes. Um, you've lived on the south side. Um, you've you've lived at um, Hamilton. Hamilton for a long time. What is it about Brisbane that really makes you love living here? What makes me. What are the things that really... I think it's... it's. If you've lived here all your life, you know it's come from like a little country town and it's yes. grown, you know, it's actually grown. Um, in your suburbs, you can still... You know, there's people that have lived there for so long and... I mean, you lived for Expo yeah, in 88. Yeah. It's, it's just... It feels... Um, yeah. It, feel, it feels, you know, more country than... 
I don't. I dislike Sydney. I do like Melbourne, and yeah, I love okay. Tassie. Yeah, yeah, I love Tassie. But um, Brisbane has something. We're always thriving. Um, also in business, we're always trying to make it better. The city. We're always trying to do something different as well. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but and then you've got Gold Coast. So you've got the beach there. Yeah. Or you can go up so the coast. So you like the Gold Coast? Yep. Yeah, I do like Gold Coast, yes. And Sunshine Coast, what do you think? No, no, I like um, Maroochydore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Maroochydore, yes. Excellent. So, been here all your life. Um, is, I guess it's, is it a con- – you've always sort of been in, in you know, I don't know if you would say the word stuck in Brisbane, but it's always been your home. I mean, has there ever been a time where you've considered uh, moving somewhere else? No, Harry couldn't, no. Mm. But I do love – like. A, I love Tassie, I love Hobart. Yeah. So, yeah. I love the food. Scallop pies. Yeah. Scallop pies. I mean, yeah. you used to sell those in the shop. Yeah, I used beautiful. to make the scallop pies and Eat Street was great. When we when Eat Street started the first 3 months, we were we were there and and I prepare and cook and yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I love doing something different all the time. Yeah, we've done a few things differently over the years. Yeah. Mm. Have you been to New Zealand before? You been? Yeah, I love yeah Queenstown. I've been there a few times. That's my favourite. Going there in two days. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's mm. uh, have the mussels. They've got you know the nice green mussels. Okay. Yeah. I must do that. Yeah. Got to get some different types of protein, and I think mussels are a, are a good one. That's for sure. Yes. Um, I mean, you always have mussels there at your place too. That was that. Was yeah, but nice. yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, over there, okay, that's that's good. The green lip, yep. The green lip ones, yeah, okay. Um, I think, uh, yeah, no, it's been good. Your, your story is really, uh, you know, it's an inspirational I'm, story. I like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you've sort of taken the time to come to the office and, yeah. and uh, you know, share, I guess, um, you know, I guess only small parts yeah, of your story at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I'm a very private person, so... Um, only give so much yeah but I do like helping people I've had people come to me over the years who had trouble in their businesses and you know I've sent some to you who don't understand about trading insolvent that's another thing yeah yeah um and that's where you should always you know always keep an eye on the ball in your business in 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 every aspect yeah yeah, definitely. And that's great. Um, thank you. As I said, thank you very much for being a guest on the podcast. Uh, it's, it, we'll obviously get this up there, share it around, yep. do what you need to do, but uh, we'll get it out there and it, it'll it certainly be a, an episode to remember, that's for sure. Okay. Um, and that's, I guess, that's my final words. <laughs> but uh, anything final? Um, just hope that I resurrect with uh, new business um, that you I'm passionate there yeah, that I'm passionate about, and um, as I said, online components are a, are a big thing. So um, I have a different vision on which way to go. Yeah. So let's see. No worries. Thank you very much for for your uh, time today. Uh, thank you very much, viewers. I'll be away for a week uh, in Queenstown, believe it or not. So may not be another podcast up until a week or two's time but um it's certainly been a great time so anyway thank you very much everyone cheers for now